What's up, everybody? I wanted to interrupt this podcast to let you know about a new course that I recently launched called Starting Your Own Virtual Assistant Agency. And it's absolutely wonderful. It worked wonders for me. Uh, it made me over 1500 bucks a month in steady income that I could do on the side. And this course is for everybody who wants to network. Maybe you're a stay-at-home parent. Maybe you want to break into another industry. This is exactly how you do it. I'm going to teach you how to start it up, how to land your first client, negotiate first deal, uh, what skills you need, all that good stuff. You can find the link for that in the description below of this podcast. And when you use code THINK10, you can save 10% off any package. On top of all of that, when you buy a package, you get lifetime updates absolutely free. And really, it's the most affordable way to start a business. So what are you waiting for? Click that link in the description below, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Our, our favorite way to sell uh, going into that is, is conversational, just yeah. like this, right? Yeah. And I think that if you can't hold a proper conversation with someone, um, that's, yeah. that's, that's step one. <laughs> um, and I've had some, some crazy, like I haven't been really big into meditation. Mm -hmm. I've had some crazy spiritual, like just out of body experiences, if you will. Yeah doing breathing exercises. Monday, Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I hope you guys uh, are enjoying the long weekend. I have a real special treat for you guys. But before I get into all of that, make sure you're following the podcast either by signing up for the newsletter, if you like email at daltonkjensen.com, or you can sign up for the text community. Uh, so you can just text podcast to 801 441 3705. Again, that's 801-441-3705. Don't do it while you're driving. <laughs> but if you want to stay up to date with live interviews, uh, exclusive access to sponsors, and a whole bunch of other treats that you get with either the newsletter or the text community, uh, go ahead and sign up for that. So with all that being said, let me introduce Jason Strand, who is part owner of the super closers club so we had a lot of cool stuff to talk about as far as far as sales go um we actually got to dive into a lot uh jason's going to become a father soon so we dived into the that philosophy and, and fatherhood and all that good stuff so you guys are in for a real treat so uh strap in buckle down because it's going to get a lot of fun he was an amazing guest an amazing opportunity to talk to him uh, and hear about everything he's got going on so without further ado jason strand Thank you so much. And remember to share this with your friends. Welcome, everybody. This is Dalton Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. Thanks for joining me, Jason. Yeah, Dalton, it's uh, great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So real quick, before we start... Um, you know, Michael, what's his last name? Mar Martial. Martial. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Marshall. Yeah. So he's going to kick my he's ass. He's my business partner. Okay. And yeah. you guys do super closers. Super closers. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. I think we are actually talking about it cool. together. Um, I thought that was, I thought that was a great idea. So you're involved with um, super closers. You're involved with Amazon a little bit. Yep. Right. But in your words, tell us what you do. Yeah. So right now, I mean, I, I've had a lot of different endeavors that have led me to where I'm at now. <laughs> Um, so I, I got into the crypto space really early. Um, and then I, 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 my friends always say that I've always been one, one step <laughs> above the curve ahead of the curve. Yeah. And the moment that it starts to pop off, 
I deuce out. I leave it. Um, so I, of course, got into drop shipping. I got into Amazon FBA. Um, so I've had a couple of e-commerce stores that have done really well. Um, I had a food storage business that at the beginning of COVID, oh, wow. um, we, we did seven figures in, in three months. Um, so that popped off really, really fast. And, um, that was kind of a quick flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gave me some capital to start and do some other things. Um, bought into crypto again at Bitcoin was at like 3,900, I believe down yeah. at the bottom in, uh, mid, uh, 2019, beginning 2020, I think, yeah. or around there. Um, so got back in there, got anxious, sold too early. Of course, I thought there was going to be a resistance around 20,000, <laughs> right? Like, Oh, of Bitcoin for, for Bitcoin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a, yeah. a good resistance there, but there wasn't. Well, I remember um, when Bitcoin hit 20,000 and everybody right? thought this was like the end of the world. Totally. <laughs> they were like 100%. 20 grand. This is yeah. insane. And now Taking it's like, mortgages out on their house. For and real, man, man, they, they, they got wrecked, bananas. but little did they know if they would have held for another year, even yeah. that they, they could have. Yeah, that's heads against that and and still won. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but that's kind of the hard part, right? Is uh, people jumping in too early and not really know what's going on. All right, but keep going. You're yeah. So, um, but I sold cars for a little while. It was kind of in the car space. Um, I didn't have the support that I really needed from management on that one. It was more, I mean, the, the car world is just hire anyone that breathes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. just (laughs) say good luck, right? Like. Like that's if you can job. fog up a mirror, they're, they're that's gonna, right. They're gonna throw you in there. So that's right. Um, I enjoyed it. It was it was fun. Yeah. Help kind of spice up my sales experience. Um, but right now we we sell high ticket items for coaches and mentors. Um, and we kind of found a hole in the market where there's a lot of people that were training in the sales space, mm-hmm. but they weren't placing them in in the right positions to give them the the head start, if you will. Right. Um. Because the hardest part about sales is getting that first first offer to sell for, right? Yeah. Everyone everyone has gone through some sort of sales course, um, but everyone that we talk to is like, man, I already spent 10K on a sales course, but I can't find a job. I can't find an offer to sell. Well, um, so we have direct placement with that. Yeah. So part of our academy, it's a life lifelong academy where um, once you're in, if you're selling and the leads dry up, we'll find you a new offer to sell for. Um, so kind of what we're doing now. Uh, yeah. A little, little sneak peek of that. Um, yeah. That's, that's interesting too. So I guess we can jump right into that because, sure. because it's kind of along the same lines as crypto people yeah. kind of jumping into a space and, you know, because it sounds like if you're, if you're like us and you know how to sell, then it's like, Oh yeah. Sales is easy. Right. And you're talking to somebody who didn't never sold and you go, yeah, we can sell that offer. That's sure. easy. They'll pay you 10%. It's a, it's a 10 K 15 K offer. Right. And I spend 30 minutes on a call with, with one of their clients and we shut it down and, totally. and we make, you know, whatever 30, you know, three grand, four yeah. grand in, in 30 minutes. And so, yeah, then people will jump too early and not really think about it. Um, you, and you said that you were finding that quite a bit, people jumping into a sales program and then not getting like, I guess my question around that is, what were they expecting exactly. to do with us? Right. And, <laughs> and that. what we're finding is, I mean, in the high ticket world, um, finding an <laughs> offer to sell for it, it's kind of like a lion's den. Meat gets thrown in and everybody sure. jumps on it, right? Okay. You'll look at some of these groups that offer offer positions, right? And within 10 minutes of a position being posted, there's a hundred comments on it of like, I applied for it. Um, and okay. so there's so many people trying to hop on just specific offers. Michael and I, I mean, Michael comes from a world of 
working with coaches. Yeah. Uh, he was a coach himself. So he has a, a good network there of people that are doing half a million dollars that are still doing all the sales by themselves. Okay. So by us supplying them with a, a salesperson, we're able to scale their sales because we have experience. Um, and then from there, they're able to focus on their, their genius, what they're actually doing. Yeah. Um, cause a lot of them don't care about selling. Yeah. Right? Like that's yeah. not what they're passionate about. Um, so we find people and that are a lot of them are really terrible at 100%. sales, bro. Totally. I've yeah. talked with coaches and I'm like, yeah. Uh, and they're, they're just like, yeah, I just wing every you call. Some, you need like, some help. Bro. Exactly. And it's like, man, like let, let's get that, yeah. that close ratio. Maybe you're at a 10%. Let's get up to a 30%. That's baseline for us. Like we, sure. we should be hitting that 30% depending on where the leads are coming from and the, yeah, the, and the, the leads. yeah, yeah. Um, 30% is good. Yeah. 30%. I mean, that's, that's a, a good baseline that I think that most closers should strive. To, to yeah. Hit. I think if you're not in the 30 or 40, you need to get a coach. Mm-hmm. You need to get like some more sales training. hundred percent. And what I've noticed is the more that you, you spend on your training, um, a lot of people will get in and expect their first month to hit 10K. Sure. Right. That's kind of the expectation that has been given. What I found is the amount of money that you spend on your training is normally equates to what you're going to make a month, <laughs> right? Like if you're buying a $10,000 course, maybe you're going to hit that 10 K. Yeah. Um, but if you're just expecting to take a free course online or just YouTube it, <laughs> right. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I completely believe in YouTube Academy, right? Like that's, that's sure. where I got my degree. Yeah, I went sure. to college for two years, um, well, yeah. a year, two semesters. And, um, from there, I, I dropped out because YouTube was teaching me more than any of my professors were. For sure. Right. Yeah. Um, but you, you need some dedication of um, someone that's, that's hands on in the space that, that knows what they're doing. Um, I don't know a lot about your yeah. sales genius. Is that, that's mm-hmm. what it's called, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fill yeah. me in a little bit more on those details. Yeah. So I wrote a book called Sales Genius. Right. Um, and basically, it was a framework for people, for like coaches and small sure. business owners so that they could if they were talking face to face with somebody, they could have some kind of framework. Right. right. And I always tell this to people, like when I talk to, you know, seasoned sales people or like sales trainers, like if you read the book, you might learn one or two things, but it's not going to be anything new. Right. Right. Cause sales is sales. And that's actually one of my hot takes on sales is like, if you can sell a car, you can sell yeah. SAS. It, it, you know, now there's some nuances that you got to learn. And I understand that it's a little more detailed. Um, but at the end of the day, like a sales process is a sales process. So sure. my sales genius, so that that's the book. And then the training um, that I do is like, I focus on those new business owners or the new coaches who you can't afford a closer yet. Sure. You can't afford to pay somebody like that yet. So, but you, and, and here's the thing ab- about that. Cause I'm like, by trade, I'm an accountant Oh nice. and I'm a finance guy. So uh, the thing is, is like when people so outsource sales, right. You're like, I, that's why I think what you guys are doing is great because you're like, Hey, we take the whole sales. We take all of that off of you. So you don't have to worry about if they're trained or what they need to say or anything like that. Like we'll take care of that for you. Right. Um, but w- because what I've found is when, even when a sale, even when a business owner or a coach, they, they get a salesperson, like you don't really know. There's, you don't know what to tell them. Right. Sure. Like if you, like if you I don't know that language. Yeah. Yeah. If, right. if like, um, you know, if, if a new sales guy is running in there, you know, they're hot off a course. They're like, I'm ready. You know, uh, each industry is different and the questions don't translate different, you know, the same. So that's what I do. So, uh, I teach them how to sell and then I give them a, a nice like process. So like, okay, now you know how to sell. Now you know how to talk to a salesperson. You get, you get a few sales, get your business up where you want it to be. And then when you go hire a salesperson, you can give them something, you can be like, Hey, here's everything that's worked for me. 
and then, and then go do it. Right. Cause That's if awesome. you don't know how to talk to a sales, like an accountant, right? Like if you go right. up to an accountant <laughs> and you're like, you know, it's like, how do you watch the office? Yeah. Have you seen the episode where Michael, uh, they do the My- Michael Scott paper company and they're sitting in front of that right. accountant yeah. and he's like, crunch he's the like, numbers again. Right. <laughs> and he's like, presses the button. Yeah. You know, he's, he's like, like crunch. it doesn't work. <laughs> right. right. Like if you don't know how to talk to an 100%. accountant, they're not going to, you know, they're going to be a douche to you. Yeah. So that's kind of where it came from. I like that. So how long is that? That Like how is it a mentorship? Like run me yeah. through like the framework of that. Like, how Yeah. So it's, so it's a seven week program. Oh, cool. So there's a few things that I do like, cause I want everybody to get some kind of training. Like you oh. can buy the book. Um, you can, you can sign up for like one, you know, call. Um, but the seven week intensive one is where it's at. Like, nice. you know, sure. we go through everything and, um, and you learn like the basics, you learn enough, like, and I give you like personalized scripts that I've, um, and you learn enough to get going right. like that. That'll, that'll help you sell three or four, 10 right out the gate. Sure. And scripts are so powerful. Like okay. I, I think so many people are like, uh, we've, we've had people that are asked and they're like, well, do you use a script? And we say yes. And they're turned off by that because it's too robotic. But yeah. I mean, any great salesperson has a script. Well, and what I say to scripts and I'm sure, I, I mean, I've said this a lot, but what I what I tell people scripts, right. Cause people I'm not going to sound, everybody's going to know. And I go, well, yeah, I go, well, think of your favorite movie yeah, and think of the worst movie. You know what I'm saying? And what's the difference? They all have scripts, but like Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the best actors in the world because he makes the script his own. hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And, and, and you don't watch a movie and think, oh, that was scripted. Right. Right. Like that's like, oh no, this is great. Like they put the emotion (laughs) and the passion and so much into it. And and the tonality of different yep. things, right? Like there's so much that goes into the process of a sell and so many tools that you have under your belt. I mean, ways to sell, right? Yeah. Um, so Michael and I, our, our favorite way to sell uh, going into that is, is conversational, just yeah. like this, right? Yeah. And I think that if you can't hold a proper conversation with someone, um, that's, yeah. that's, that's step one, <laughs> right? For sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've taken a lot of calls with closers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool to be on both aspects because I talk to coaches and I talk to closers. Mm. So I get to see what people are doing. Um, and a lot of people that come from like Dan Locke, of course, they try to hold oh, the silence as long as possible. I hate so, that guy. Right? Like, that guy is a charlatan. Oh man. And I'll tell it to his face too. I don't oh, care. Oh, right. I like give, give me the opportunity. I'll be right there yeah, with you. I'm like, like you mother. It's so, it's so bad, but um, I know you just put on a fancy suit and put some hundred dollar bills in your pocket and say, I and sell then, yeah, and, and get a, you. Yeah. And get, and use a credit card to make a fancy video. Exactly. But Hey, listen, that guy's videos are crispy though. I mean, if you see it like a crispy video, you're like, all right, this might, but, and if you've never known sales, then you're like, Dan locks the, the bomb, but sure. Yeah. But anybody who, I don't know, that's just me. I, I, and I, <laughs> some I people like it, back some it up. Don't. And, <laughs> and I think that's the, that's the key part of sales is there's so many tools that you can put in your belt of the sales process. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of making a hybrid of your own self system, yep. right? What yep. flows with you. Yep. Um, and that goes into the same as actors, right? You can give mm-hmm. the same actor, different actors, the same script, and each one of them is going to perform it differently. Um, and I think that's the key to the sales as well as make the process your own, mm. make a hybrid system. Um, but there's a lot of these salespeople that I, I would ask a question to, I'd be like, all right, so how long have you been selling for? And they're like <laughs> five years. We are also brought to you guys by Monarch Social. Now Monarch Social isn't just another social media marketing company because they're going to take care of you 
on all your digital marketing fronts from SEO to beautifully designed websites to custom videography. And if you want to know more about that, you got to check out the video they did for me uh, on the Thinking Project Facebook group um, because it was absolutely phenomenal. They absolutely killed it. Morgan and his team take really good care of you. They walk you through every step of the process and the communication is on point. So if you need a custom video, a beautifully designed website, if you need uh, custom social media ad campaigns, Monarch Socials, where it's at. They also have a podcast they release every Friday where they bring you a ton of value. So check them out, monarchsocialbrand.com, or you can find them wherever uh, you're on social media because they're probably there too. So check them out, monarchsocialbrand.com, and get your digital marketing rolling. Right. And then I'll be sitting right. there like, I can hold the silence too. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, fine yeah. with that. Like, well, I can sit here and... <sighs> That's just, it's just irritating. It is like, like bro, that's not on. a conversation, yeah, right? You're like clients don't want you to just make them feel stupid in, in a different <laughs> sense. Right. Cause that's, that's yeah. what that's trying to do is, is yeah. give them the bare minimum information. Like they should know that they're on the call to figure that information out yeah. and, and receive as much information. Money is exchanged when value is more value is provided than the, the value, the, sure. the price of the product. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, I tell a lot of people that I'm selling to, I'm up front with them. I say, look, this product, it, uh, I, I compare it to a car sale yeah. right? because I'm from the, the car world. <laughs> um, I say, sell you this car for $70,000. You're probably going to tell me to go eat sand because, yeah. right. But then you find out later down the road that it's a Lamborghini Huracan yeah. and you're going to do everything you possibly can to get $70,000 in my pocket because right. the value is so much more than, than the price. Yeah. Right. And so it's providing that value to the customer. Um, and, and presenting in a way that they can see really what, what they're buying. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's the whole difference between a a salesperson and a closer, right? A closer doesn't (laughs) take no for an answer and keeps going where a salesperson just provides the value. And if it goes, it goes. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) No, I like it though. I, and, and, um, and I think people, they just, you know, if, if you're new to sales, you know, you get sucked into some of these guys. Um, but you know, if you're, if you're good at what you do and you can, and you can like hold a conversation, but you can also like help people understand what's going on. Sure. Like I, I do, I approach sales from like a value based and a consultative based selling approach. Right. So I ask a lot of questions. Um, but I've kind of learned the, I've kind of learned my art and I say mine intentionally because like, everybody's different. And so when I'm on a call with like a client and I'm teaching them how to sell, I'm like, look, dude, here's the deal. You know, Mr. Mrs. Customer, I'm going to start spitballing ideas and I need you to use your knowledge in your industry to kind of help me put all this together. So we kind of like, even in that coaching aspect, we kind of like collaborate together because I'm going to throw, and you're going to be like, Oh, maybe that's a better question. And I'm going to be like, Hey, yeah, that's, but that's the idea. Right. So even in my coaching, I do that. Yeah. That's like, we're going to figure this out together. I am going to come across as an expert. But nobody, yeah, like you said, like nobody likes a douche. <laughs> For sure, right? Well, and they know their industry so much better than, yeah, than so, you might, yeah, right? Like so, you're, yeah. you're a master of sales, mm-hmm. not a master of every single niche right, that's, right, that's right. out there. Right. Um, and so the the person that knows their question the best and, and their, their yeah. maybe even their uh, objection is going to be the customer. So by asking those right, questions right. Um, is, is so powerful. And that's somewhere that I originally struggled with. I love talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love just having conversation <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and just, just having a good time. Right. Yeah. But there's a point where you over talk and oh, you yeah. need to have your client <laughs> talk, right? Like 
Like yes. you're laughing like there's a story behind it. It is. Right? There is a big story. I want to hear it. Yeah. Okay. So I have my, one of my favorite teaching points is you can talk yourself out of a deal. 100%. Yeah. And so I love telling people that. I'm like, uh, they're like, so, so inevitably somebody will ask me like, what, how do you, how do you become a great closer? And I personally, I think the word is great. I don't think there's any other word you can use, but it makes me cringe a little bit because I, when I started out in the sales business, I got burned by some like Closer. expert closers. Sure. You know what I mean? So it's a great word. I don't hate it. It's just like, I try to always find a different word, but they're like, what's the number one rule in negotiation? Or like, how do I become a best closer? And I go, all right, I'll tell you the first rule. Like, shut the F up. Yeah, shut absolutely. up. I go, it's not about you. Sh- shut up. Yeah. If you can learn how to shut up, then you'll be a great salesperson. Absolutely. No, and, I, <laughs> and I've I, had like s- several, like, cause I trained in, so I, I was in a dealership where I, where I was responsible for training our dealership and another dealership, sure. like new salespeople. So I was just telling them that. Yeah. No. And after shut the, up. after the client or customer <laughs> says, yes, shut, shut up. up, shut up, shut right? up, like stop. <laughs> and I think, I think uh, we probably have the same idea of the word closer. Um, I mean, yeah. coming from the car world, there's, there's certain yeah. dealerships that have closers, closers. right? There's the, there's a sell yeah. person that, that goes, shows them the car, does a test drive, and then you bring them into the closer and they're, that, right. that's where they're right. closed. Right. And, and that's so cringy to me. It is like, cringy. Like yeah. if you don't have the skills to do that, you need to up your skill. Like, yeah. And what's funny about that is, so I, this is how I tell people, like I define a master closer, but like a master of the whole sales process. So sure. for me, closing isn't one step. No. Right. It starts at the beginning, right? Absolutely. Because all those questions I'm asking, and I, this is why I tell people, this is why your questions are so important. That's what I teach people anyway. I go, your questions are so important because you're going to, this is ammo for you. You know what I mean? So. So that, because one of my, one of the worst things that you could say in a sales conversation for me is, uh, is like the car dealership thing, right? Like ends on Monday. Like, I think deadlines are important, but that's not how you do it. Right. Right. Like that's not a close. That's like a desperation. Like, right. I'm never going to give you this. And now I'm going to, now if I'm the customer, I'm going to be a jerk and I'm going to come back tomorrow and make you give me the same deal anyway, because I know you will. And and they will. Right. And that's because, because you will. One of, one of the things that I, I just posted this on Facebook recently is um there there's a lot of uh coaches that will will use especially mm-hmm. at the end of the year prices are going to change at the end of the year yeah. right come yeah. january we're raising our price five thousand dollars whatever yeah. it may be and a lot of them do um which is great my my favorite salesperson is god <laughs> god god gives us deadlines the only reason we do yeah. anything in life is because we know we're going to die. There's a deadline sure. at, the, at the end, right? Yeah, and so, I agree. so it yeah. gives us urgency. <laughs> and I think urgency is good, but especially with car sales, I mean, you know that you can come back and get that same deal. Yeah. They're, they're, they're going to get Yeah, you you're lying deal, to me. Right? Well, because I lied to people. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Like, you know, and, but, and, but when you don't know any better, you do, though. Sure. And then right. you grow up in sales and then you're like, but then you learn what I'm teaching people and it's like, you don't have to do that anymore. There's no, actually a better way to don't. do that. There is. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. So my mom, she owns a, a wedding dress store. Um, and they offer a 10% discount if you buy within 24 hours of trying the dress on. Mm-hmm. And they hold true to that. Like that, that's something that they hold true to yeah. because they come back in later and they're going to have to retry on the dress and they're going to waste more time. Yeah. Um, so if they're decisive right there, they get a discount. And, yeah. and if they don't, then that's they have cool. to pay full price yeah, and, that's, and that's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's also <laughs> still, I, I love using that industry as a uh, kind of a key point because my wife, she sells, sells wedding dresses. And she doesn't consider herself a salesperson because she loves what she does, yeah. what she, what she's doing. And, um, leading up to the set, like she's not selling, 
She's, she's right, literally yeah. just, yeah, like she has what they want. Yeah. They're coming in, they're buying it. And so I want to call it a, a close necessarily. It's more of sure. a sell. Um, but they hold true to what they say. Like car dealerships, they, they kind of <laughs> wish wash, right? Some but, of them do. Yeah, some of them do. But there's sure. been so many times it, with with my my wife where she'll be like, so-and-so came and tried on this dress mm-hmm. and someone bought it immediately after. Right. And how many times as a car oh, yeah. salesman have you yeah. seen that happen? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like they're checking out the the red Mercedes, <laughs> only red Mercedes on the lot. Yeah. And they walk away from it and it's sold the next car. Yeah. 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 Right. And and it's yeah. almost a bittersweet moment. Cause you tell for them, sure. you tell them, you're like, it's not gonna stay here for long. Like, yeah, whatever. And then they come back the next yeah. day and it's gone. And right. you're like, sorry. And that's I what I do. Told you. That's when I do one of my favorite, like uh, you know, Chris Voss named it. The accusation oh. on it, right? He he wrote never split the difference. Yeah. Um, but I used to do that to people. I like I go, all right. I'd be like, all right, Jason, you're gonna think I'm like the sleaziest salesperson sure. for what's about to come out of my mouth. Yeah. But I gotta tell you, or else I wouldn't be doing you any yeah. justice. And I do go through that, right? Like you're gonna right. think I'm sleazy, you're gonna think I'm lying to you, but this is, you know, this is this car at this price point won't last. And if you yeah. want to walk away, like that's totally fine. I'm not right. gonna make you buy it. And I think that's a I think that's appropriate in certain industries and certain sure. places, but a yeah. lot of time. I mean, you don't want to put those questions in their head of like, oh, I didn't think you were sleazy before, but now I do. <laughs> and you're like, oh, crap. Like, let me back. Well, yeah, sure, sure, bit, sure. Right. But in certain, in certain places and situations, yeah, I think yeah. that's so ideal. And I tell people um, after I, after I run them through the, the, the Lamborghini <laughs> analogy, right. Of the car sale. Um, I say, I'm not a good salesperson. I'm going to tell you the price up front. And yeah. if it's not something that you can do, I don't want to. Yeah. I, well, I, tell, I don't want to continue to waste time. Yeah. I tell people that all the time. They're right? like, when, when should I talk about pricing? I'm like up front? Yeah. Cause here's, here's my thing. I ask six counterintuitive questions up front. Sure. Um, and one of the questions I tell people to ask is like, let's say you got a, you got three packages. It's like 2000 to 3,500 bucks. Right. I don't tell, like, I don't teach people to ask what's your budget. Right. I tell them, I go, just say, Hey, I got, my prices range from two grand, 200 to 3,500 bucks a month or whatever. Right. Does that, if if you like it enough or if you, or if you think I can provide what you want, does that work for you? And if they say no, then you can explore a little bit, but, but you're never going to like, that was always my worst thing, bro. Like I hated sticker shock. Oh man. Right. And and whether I was selling digital marketing, whether I was selling cars, whether I was selling half a million dollar machines. Right. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you can't give an exact price. So I think you should give a range, but yeah, I get, what if they say no, dude, you don't want them to, you'd I'd rather you say no in the first five minutes of talking to me totally. than we've spent a whole week. Absolutely. We spent two months together and you'd never knew the price. And now right. it's too expensive. Right. No way. No. I and, I, time I, for that. I, and I think the the value adding, well, doing the, the range is yeah. a perfect example, right? Cause mm-hmm. you want to add value throughout the whole process. And something yeah. I've seen that works really well with that is you give them that range. So say your bread and butter package that you sell is 12 mm-hmm. grand, mm-hmm. right? I would give them a range from 3K to 20K. So as you're talking right. through the value and building up that value and building up that in their mind, they're thinking this is going to be 20 grand. Like yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what they're selling me on right now is 20 grand. <laughs> and you hit them with the 12K price and they're like, holy crap. Like, yeah, I, I could see the value at 20 grand. So now that we're at 12 grand, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Let's, let's do it. Right. right. And, and you have like Alex Hermosi who, um, sure. it's so much easier for a prospect to say no. And so he uses the, would you be opposed to move moving forward? Right. Yeah. You no, ask no oriented yeah, questions. Right. And, yeah. and I was always taught, taught to get three yeses before you ask for the close because yes is already on the <laughs> right. type yeah, strategy. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but there's so many different ways of doing it. Right. And, yeah. And it's, it's, and 
and you just gotta know like your your prospect too you just like there you know there's an exception to every rule and that's why we like in my process anyway like there's some safeguards that we built in to like you know if the if you are on a one call close there's you know i teach you to ask a question at the end that if it is a one call close they'll buy on a one call close right but if it's not then you're fine right but but um but you're absolutely right i like that a lot because no oriented questions are great like would it be and i always like make them dramatic i go would it be the worst thing in the world if we got this done before the end of the week right yeah I guess not. Right. And especially in like car sales, like last, last thing people want to do is go get hassled by another car, well, car sales yeah. person. Right. And yeah. so why not just get it done on the first one? Yeah. Right? And I like, always tell people like, and you got to ask more than once and you're going to have to do this because what are they, what are they supposed to do, bro? We're salespeople. Are they supposed to whip out their checkbook and write sure, you a track? Right. No, dude, right. they're going to ask you questions. You know, this isn't Best Buy. Um, <laughs> and by the, but by the way, some I've met some Best Buy. I used to recruit out of Best Buy sure. and I used to recruit out of RC Willie because those guys were nice. dogs. And then I would refine their skills a little bit. And then they were on my car sales floor making 10 grand a month. Dude. Man, it's great. Slinging whip. Great. It's great. So good. Um, but yeah, but there's this idea that yes, there, and, but man, that's the kind of the most frustrating part is like, um, I actually talked to Michael, um, cause he knew one of my mentors, um, Jeb Blunt. Yep. And, uh, I took, I went through their, uh, sales coaching. I'm about to, I'm about to go through their, uh, train the trainer program again. And I love that. I love yeah. that you're still, yeah, I mean, you're, you're like, constantly yeah. sharpening this. Story. Well, you know, it's this, uh, so I, I, um, who is it? The sad guru. I don't, I, I also love philosophy. So sure. there's a sad, sure. there, so there's a, the sad guru. He wrote a book called karma. He wrote a, he wrote a few other books, but I heard him once in a, in a, in a interview and he was like, you know, your nose is right above your mouth but you can't smell your bad breath. Right. Sure. He's like, somebody else will have to tell you that your breath smells bad. Yep. He's like, even though your nose is right here. Yep. Uh, and I've always lived by that. Like, you know, uh, somebody else will have to tell me that my breath smells bad. So that's sure. why you gotta like be checking yourself you and you have to. You <laughs> get have somebody to. else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I love Michael is, is even though he's my business partner, he's a hundred percent my mentor. That's like, great. I mean, if you can do both, that's oh, fantastic. Man, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting a free mentorship and, and making money while doing yeah. it. So How did you run into that? How did you guys start super closers? Yeah. So it, it's kind of interesting. Michael got married uh, a couple months ago. Um, and one of my businesses, I, I had just come out of the car sales world. wasn't a super big fan of it. Um, and yeah. I love starting businesses. That's just something I'm passionate about. When I get bored with something, I move on to starting a business. That's <laughs> kind of what I do. Um, so I started a ring business. My mom owns a, a wedding shop, right? And so I thought I'll get cool. back into the wedding industry. Started men's wedding wedding rings. Mm-hmm. And I sell them those. And, and I was just on Utah Connect and said, hey, I have this, this wedding ring business. Um, what are some alternative ways of marketing? Just kind of reaching out of the box. And he, Michael's like, Hey, I'm getting married soon. I have a decent following. Like I'd love to buy a ring from you. He's yeah. like, sure. So I made him a ring. Um, and kind of looked, looked him up a little bit and dug through his profile. And I was like, man, this guy's, this guy's kind of baller. Like, yeah. He's, he's pretty he's cool. cool. Um, so I just asked him, said, Hey, would you mind going grabbing lunch? He's like, no, I'd love that. So we sat down and and I literally, I drilled into him. I just asked him question after yeah. question. We were eating sushi at Tsunami and his plate was completely full. Mine was empty because as he was answering questions, I was just shoving <laughs> stuff in my yeah. face, right? And, and I was like, man, I, but I asked him any questions. I know, like, I loved it. Like you, yeah. you dug in, like, that's what I'm looking for. Someone ambitious, someone like that. Um, and the best thing that I, the, the thing that I can sell about best by far is myself. Yeah. Right. If you can't sell yourself, <laughs> you shouldn't be selling something else. Sure. Because I, I mean, that's, that's, 
a big part of sales is being able to, to yeah, build like people buy you, yeah, hundred percent. Um, so nothing happened for a month from there, and uh, he reached out and said, "Hey, I have this opportunity if you want to sell for me," and I was like, "Sure." So started selling uh, some of his uh, just just for one of his clients, one of our clients now, yeah, um, and. I don't want to say I weaseled my way in, um, sure. but he had this, this thing set up and right. I, I started just providing the value um, and was just going above and beyond. And he's like, Hey, I see you fitting into this role um, and just keeping up with, I, I love relationships. Uh-huh. Um, I think that relationships is our new economy. Um, and so I built into that and just built a relationship with all of our clients that we were selling for created Excel sheets and different things of each one of them, what their goals are, KPIs, just different yeah. things like that. It's like, I totally see you in that role of taking, taking that, those responsibilities and, and being part. So he brought me in. And um, so one thing that I'm going to be teaching, like we have weekly Zoom calls inside of our, our mentorship. Yeah. And I'm super big on mindset. Um, I've, there, there's been moments where I've had seven figures and I haven't been able to keep it because a lot of it was in crypto, mm-hmm. right? And, and when you're given seven figures, practically, mm-hmm. and you you didn't work for that and you didn't build up to that, yeah. my anxiety levels went up because I I finally had something to lose, right? right? right. You think about being being broke. What you have to lose is is someone foreclosing on your house or kicking you out of out of your apartment, right? Sure. Um, and that's that's scary. But there's the opposite spectrum of that that people don't realize that when you have money you can now lose that money. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it was kind of a, a weird concept to me of everyone thinks if I had a million dollars, I would be able to do X, Y, and Z. You get that million dollars and it's not enough. Yeah. Right. Without the right mindset, without, right. without building that growth. And so, um, I made my, my first seven figures when I was in the crypto space in 2016, 2017, right around the boom. Yeah. Right? And didn't know what I was doing. I had no clue what I was doing. I Nobody knew what they were doing, bro. Seriously. Nobody knew what they and were so doing. And so the bull run came and I tried doing, or the, the bear market came and yeah. I tried doing the same thing that I had done to make that money. Yeah. And I was doing the exact opposite. I was, right. I was getting a, a 10% loss here. And so I moved it into another coin that I thought would be safer, got a 10% loss there. And slowly, and then you're like, oh, exactly. Shit. I was like, man, if this was the opposite way, I'd be, I'd be making bank because that's the whole point of trading, right? Is yeah. Move a coin from 10% gains to another yeah. coin that gets 10% gains, so on and so forth. I was doing that with losing. <laughs> um, and so that, that was kind of my first uh, awakening to the mindset around money um, and not just having the money, but how to retain it. Yeah. And then from there, you learn that money is just a tool. Right. It, it doesn't do anything unless you you have the skill set to use that tool yeah if you will right yeah absolutely um so a lot of my mindset journey or transition into mindset does that work mm-hmm. so my mindset journey um i lived a pretty victim mentality all the way through high school i'm 25 now so i'm still pretty young um but i lived a really strong victim mentality i have a, a disease called muscular dystrophy emerald dryfus right mm-hmm. um so i have it pretty good for someone that has muscular dystrophy right there there's people that are dying at 18 and and different things and um wheelchair bound yeah. I, I have it pretty good um but in high school i i let this kind of become who i was that i, I was a victim because i couldn't go to the gym and lift <laughs> right. the same weights as other people and yeah. just kind of built this up in my head um and it wasn't until i turned 18 i was getting ready to serve a mission from lds and 
Um, and I went in for my last physical to go on my mission and they told me that I needed an emergency heart surgery. Um, and I was, I was pissed at God. Yeah. I was, I was mad because I, here I am trying to serve him and now I have to get a pacemaker. Like, shouldn't, shouldn't I just magically be healed because I'm, <laughs> right. I'm going to serve you, right? Like, I thought that's how it worked. No. Yeah. Um, and so I was super, super upset. I didn't talk to anyone for three days. Um, I had the heart surgery three days after I was told that I needed heart surgery. So it was pretty quick. Yeah. Um, my resting heart rate was 39 beats a minute. Um, but just a resting heart rate. And then right. it, when I was sleeping, it was dropping down into the twenties and they're like, dude, you should yeah, be usually, usually like, it's you like should be 90 dead. and then it drops to like 40 if you're seriously. healthy. Yeah. Um, and I was running a mile every day. Like I was fairly yeah. healthy, but, um, so well, they, yeah, no. And all I meant with that was, um, normally, right. Like sure, normally no, you're in like totally. the 90 to hundred and then when you sleep, it's like 40 to 60. Right. But if absolutely. you're the, but if you're lower than that, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So they, uh, they got me plugged into a pacemaker. Um, those, those days leading up to that surgery, I didn't talk to anyone and I was bitter for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, then I got out on my mission and I learned the, just the, the value of serving other people. Yeah. Um, just being able to provide value to people, serving them and getting outside of yourself. And that kind of started my mindset shift. Right. So now I look at it as I have a hundred thousand dollar chest. I mean, yeah. I don't even think Dolly Parton could say that, <laughs> say that, right. Like, right. um, <laughs> and so, it's a good joke. Uh, yeah, I seriously. Like so. So I, I, I have a more expensive chest than other people and sure. I, I, there's some things I can't do. I can't underwater weld, um, (laughs) which funny enough, I got welding certified in high school and I got scuba dive certified. (laughs) And that was actually something I was looking at and I was like, Oh, I guess underwater welders make bad. They do. They make a lot of freaking, I would say right next to salespeople. Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, we had underwater divers. I grew up in a town in Iowa where yeah. Right. The, the dam right there. Yeah. Nice. They would, um, they had, they had underwater dam inspectors and then they would sure. go and repair the dam and like welders would Make go down there freaking crazy. It takes bro. a toll on your body it, though. It does. It does. Cause you're under there for a, a little bit longer than yeah. a normal scuba sure. would be. But yeah, that's yeah. gnarly. Those guys. Make, so, those but that started leading into like this, this mindset <laughs> shift of, um, I mean, just the basic like affirmations, like, sure. like, what you put out into the world is, is what you're projecting onto yourself, right? Like, yeah. like what you're saying, if you continue to repeat that you're broke, you're going to stay broke. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like yeah. that, that's just, well, cause there's no other way out. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so, so you start talking better about yourself, start building up that confidence, start building up that things and those, those different attributes. And I think that's something that's so powerful with salespeople as well Yeah, is when you first get in the space, uh, you don't know anything. Right. Like, right. like it's a new, new thing, unless you're born uh, just a wizard. Um, but you got to build those up step by step. And it's the same thing with your confidence. And that's a big part of selling is you sure. got to have that confidence to be able to sell because you're selling yourself and you're selling the product. And yeah. if you don't have, if you can't sell yourself, you need to work on that. I mean, and I mean that, that's yeah. just plain and simple. Yeah. Um, and so I just read a quote, I just retweeted it on Twitter, started using Twitter for after a while. Like, oh yeah. Twitter kind of died down. Now it's back up a little bit. So. Money Twitter's where it's at. Hey bro, if you like NFTs, Dude, you need to oh, man, I, I'm on, I'm on crypto Twitter <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I, I've been on crypto Twitter for a while. Shoot. That's where I was finding all of my, all of my gems back yeah. in the day. I mean, they're. Yeah. Twitter's back. I'm on yeah, Twitter a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. You got like BitLord and, and different. Yeah. All different those guys, guys on there. Yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. Um, but it was, um, a person doesn't have control 
over their future. They have control over their habits and that controls their future. Right. Right. And so something that I've been doing that's been so powerful is just time blocking. And I yeah. think everyone needs to be time blocking. Um, so it starts off in the morning, wake up at 630, wake up early. You have so much more time in the day. Right. Um, I, I've had more energy since I've been waking up early. Right. And I, I still go to bed <laughs> at 11. Like I'm not, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not Alex Hermosi going to bed at nine, nine o'clock every, every day and waking or, up uh, at Or Marky, three. or our boy Marky yeah. Mark. Yeah. He goes Marky to bed Mark. at like six. He does. Like like yeah. That's <laughs> two crazy. Man, there'd be way too much time in the day. Like, I, I don't yeah. know what I would do with all that. Like <laughs> sun's not even up. Like what do you do? Um, but go to the gym, right? Yeah. Get, get your fluids going, blood pumping through everything. Um, and I have muscular dystrophy, right? People, people are like, oh, I, I, I don't, they have every excuse in the book not to go to the gym, right? Yeah. I literally, if I rip my muscles too much, they do not repair themselves. Mm. Right. And so that's, that's my form of muscular dystrophy. It's degenerative, yeah. um, generates my muscles. So go get some, some blood pumping, uh, yeah. um, and then come home, cook three eggs, um, have a protein shake with that, hop in a cold shower. Yeah. Man, cold showers are powerful. And they're harder than ice baths. Oh, man, they are. I, I do ice baths. Man. That, God, cold. cold shower is way worse than an ice bath. Is it? Yeah. Okay. A hundred percent. Or no, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I said that right. Cold sure. shower. Because normally in a, in a ice bath, you're just there for like five to six minutes is like all you need sure. in an ice bath. But, um, and sometimes I'll do like, I don't, I call it a Dalton cold shower nice. where I start a warm and then get it cold. Um, but yeah, but no, for sure. Like, have you, have you heard of Wim Hof? Love him. Yeah. 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 Like he'll just do, he'll just do ice baths. Right. Um, but, but cold showers are tough because it's like mentally harder. Sure. Like you're hopping in an ice bath. Like I know I'm getting cold. Right. But if you take hot showers and then you hop in a cold one, but right. yeah. So, so cold showers are great. So cold showers are awesome. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I do some breathing exercises, right? Yeah. So Wim Hof, um, super, super powerful. Um, and I've had some, some crazy, like I haven't been really big into meditation. Mm -hmm. I've had some crazy spiritual, like just out of body experiences, if you will. Yeah. Doing breathing exercises. Yeah. Like you're absolutely. able to connect with yourself on such a, a unique level, just focusing on your breathing. Right. And I mean, what it does for anxiety levels and depression and different things that way, um, is, is super powerful. Um, and then from there, I, I finally start my morning, right? I, yeah. I check my, my phone, <laughs> do some different things that way. But um, time blocking, having the, the hour, two hours in the morning for yourself, so powerful to be able to connect to you, understand what your body's telling you, right? Because when you're sick, your body's telling you, but we're normally distracting ourselves with social media, with different things, <laughs> other, yeah. right? And so being able to connect with your body and figure out what, where you need work, kind of do that evaluation, different things that way. Um, but so ice bath. Yeah. How long have you been doing like Wim Hof type stuff? Wim Hof ice baths. Um, ice. I heard about Wim Hof a long time ago. Um, I can't, I can't really remember like the year, but uh, ice baths and like saunas. Sure. I just started getting like cold therapy. Nice. Um, yeah. I've been doing it for a while. Nice. Right. I haven't been doing it lately. Uh, but my goal is to get one of those troughs yeah, and just, and just do ice baths there. But we used to do them like in a, you know, like in high school, sure. you know, in college for sports, for sports and, so, yeah. and stuff like that. And you just hop in an ice bath because right. it's way better for your body. Like oh, cold is way better for your body than, than heat is. Well, and the adrenaline spike and different things that help pair muscles. Yeah. And, and, just, just and people think like you don't need that long in an no. ice bath. You need like 
five, like three to five minutes Absolutely. is generally like all you need. Absolutely. And, and he, like, even then, you know, some experts will be like three to five minutes, like three to five, like three to four times a week. Like oh, you don't yeah. even need to do it right. every day to get right. like the full benefits sure. of it. And you can't, but one of the trippiest experiences I ever had was doing hot, then cold, then hot, then yeah. cold. Start so, hallucinating. So doing like a sauna, then you jump right in the cold. Sure. Um, but I found out cause I'm Russian and I found out that that's what like the, the Russians used to do. They used to just sit in a dry sauna and then they'd go jump in a cold ass lake. Um, brought out your hair. And then it was, it was cool. Uh, and that's kind of when I started doing that. But I also met, um, do you know, Mitch Matthews? He's a, super he's a BYU football player. He went familiar. to the NFL. Okay. Um, but he also is in that Wim Hof group. So he nice. went with Lewis Howes and a okay. few other people to kind of break Wim Hof out of obscurity. Sure. Cause, cause Wim Hof, like nobody knew who he was yeah. until like, it was pretty rare that you did if you were like maybe deep underground stuff. But, um, what was it like 2016, 15, 16, he, Wim Hof hops on a podcast with Lewis Howes and you see all these guys go. So you have like Mike Posner, Mitch Matthews, Lewis Howes. These guys all go to wherever Wim Hof is from. I can't even remember I think where he's it was from. like Alaska or, or something. They, well, no, no, no. They went he's to like, Alaska he, now, but he's in Alaska now, sure. but he went to like Europe, really? wherever he was in like the Netherlands or something. I don't know where he's from. Look up where Wim Hof is from. <laughs> Fact check. They went there uh, and they did like, they would, they just sat in his, uh, you know, thing. He's got sure. a crazy story by himself, but um, he's cool. Wim Hof's great. I, uh, Netherlands, Netherlands. Okay. Nice. I was right. So he was in, so he's in this cold Netherlands. He was the guy who I was telling one of my buddies about that. He climbed like halfway up Mount Everest yeah. with, nothing, with nothing, with no protective gear. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he got to the summit. No. I think he got, but, but he, he got was, for, he further up there. Like base camp. Yeah. I like, mean, and you're like, and, and past base camp, you're an oxygen man, mask. Crazy. You're in like <laughs> you. Crazy. So I didn't know this about Mount Everest, but you start on Mount Everest. And then you go up and then you come back down yeah. and then you climb up right. a little further and then you come all the way back down and then you go up a little further and they do that like three or four times right. to get like your body used to the air and you're still in oxygen mask. And Wim Hof just was like, one day he was like, <laughs> and just marked. And then he got up there and I think he only quit because, um, I, I don't, I can't remember why he quit, but I don't think it was like anything. He was Probably like breathing fine. Yeah. yeah he was like, yeah, it might, it might've been like, Maybe his skin with like the elements because sure. it gets pretty gnarly up there. But he was breathing fine, and he came back down, and he was I like, "I want to say cool. he holds the world record for sitting in ice bath the longest." Yeah, he does. And and they for put sure. him in like a freezing suit and had like all these monitors and different things, and he was literally able to raise raise his body, his body temperature. Te internal body temperature so crazy. with his breath. And yeah, there's a book called. Uh, so James Nestor wrote a book called Breath, or Breathe, is a great book. Um, he basically makes fun of mouth breathers, but yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And it's also a really interesting book. It's a great book, but James Nestor wrote another book called deep where he, where he studied um, free divers oh, nice. and breathing with free divers. And then he wrote a book called get high now, nice. <laughs> but it's like, but it's not, uh, but it's like get high now with like breath. Like, work. Right. Right. Because Literally you can natural DMT, yeah, DMT type stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, where Rogan you can podcast now and bring it up. Where, DMT. Right. DMT. <laughs> um, there's, but there's some cool stuff with like your breath that you can, you can do, um, just with like, you can have some, some pretty cool experiences just with your, it's with crazy. your breath and yeah, and it's great. Um, but, and what it does for and breathing and cold therapy, what it does for your mind too. It's like, yeah, it's not a joke. Man. It does. I mean, um, and the only way is like, I've, I've had anxiety attacks before and, and different sure. things like that. Right. And yeah. the only way I've ever been able to get out of them 
is is breathing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like yeah. that's the best way. If you're ever having an anxiety attack, <laughs> go take some deep breaths and, well, and yeah. chill out for a minute. I, that's what we teach our kids. So I teach my kids breath nice. work. Well, they they have this um they had this monastery. There's a story that I read about this monastery. They were training young, you know, young people. I don't know if they were going to be monks or if they were just training these young kids or whatever. But they taught them breath work and one of the one of the people came up and they were like, "Why are you teaching these kids breathing first? Like these kids don't know how to read. They barely sure. know how to talk." He's like, "Because when you're because when you your emotions have a range and whenever your emotions change, the first thing that changes with your emotion is your breath." Right. So the first thing that happens when you get angry is your breath shortens. Like, and most people are really shallow. Like all of us are really shallow breathers anyway. Like it's really, you know, our lung capacity is shrank. And this is kind of one of the things that James Nestor goes over in that book. Breath is like our lung capacity has shrank. Um, Our noses have changed over time because we like are breathing through our, you know, mouths more. Um, And so they teach kids like, to breathe because like when you get mad the first and i and i was like sure. i was like bs so i look at my <laughs> kids and and for sure sure enough dude they're getting mad and they're like hyperventilating and i'm yeah. like holy crap so all then you just like we just before we talk we'll just do like you know let's we'll take a few deep breaths and i'll do it with them because i'm usually pissed when i'm mad at them. you know when they do something right. dumb i'm like you guys i'm like dang it well and and <sighs> My wife is here, and so I hate bringing her up, but I can always tell when the fight's going to start because there's always a sigh that, that happens first. Like, you can, you well, can but, hear the yeah. preventative of, like— Well, the, yeah, but, like, you're breathing—yeah, like, so that's what that's why I was, like, when these guys said that, they're, like, for all of us, the first thing that changes when your emotions— or, like, when you get really excited, right? your breath changes. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you get, like, when you get scared, your breath changes. When you get tired, your breath changes. Like, yeah. the first thing—and I was, like, they're, like, the first thing that happens— so if you want to start, and I don't believe in, I don't believe in thought control or, or emotional control. I believe in thought management and emotion management because sure. they happen. Yeah. And it's not, it's not if you can stop them, it's if you can it's manage them. Manage them. Yeah. And so he's like, the first step for emotional management is checking your breathing. Nice. So the first thing that happens is you like, you realize what's going on. You take a, you step back and take a few deep breaths. Um, but yeah, so breathing does a lot for your mindset. Does a lot for sales too, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I, you know, you can teach a lot of the technical, like every, anybody can learn the technical side of sales, but it it really is like who, you know, if you can control your emotions long enough, if you can manage those long enough. And that's kind of the saying that Jeb Blunt uses is he'd be like, is he'll say, um, whoever manages, you know, it's not whoever speaks first loses. It's whoever loses their emotions first loses. Well, and, yeah. and, and, and not loses, but like he, he comes from a sales perspective. Like if you lose your emotions, you'll lose as a salesperson. Well, and a client buys off of emotion justifies with, with logic, sure. right? You, yeah. Everybody's mm-hmm. heard that. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like that ties in perfectly as, yeah. as a salesperson. If you're starting to get emotional and say, oh, I, <laughs> right. I need this sell or I can't pay rent. And you start build, building those emotions into yeah. your, yeah. your sales. You can tell when a salesperson's desperate. Well, yeah. Right? And, but here's the so I teach that and, and what the crazy part about every, cause everybody can see who's desperate, For sure. but the problem is, is like, cause I'm also a psychology, like sales psychology nice. buff. Right. And like, the problem is, is like, if I'm selling desperate, like there's two things that are going on with the, with the person that you're talking to. First of all, they don't care and they shouldn't care. Like it, it's not their problem. Right. They got a, they got a bag full of crap that they're dealing with and we all do. And 
I'm not saying empathy doesn't exist. I'm just saying like normally like leading with (laughs) trying to get a sale and leading with, I need to feed my kids. (laughs) I'm probably not going to buy from you. And the second thing that happens is like your primal brain doesn't know the difference between a desperate, like desperate, like I need to survive and like harm. Like your, your, like your brain doesn't know the difference. So like I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm like five eleven, six foot. I'm bald. I have a beard and I got a big old tattoo. Okay. But I'm like, I'm really nice, but I had to learn, like, I can't run up on people. Like (laughs) if I walk too quick to people, they just see a bald guy and they don't know me, you know, a bigger bald guy with a beard, like, and I could have the biggest smile on my face and that's actually scares people more. (laughs) If I, if I, yeah, if I, he's happy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's happy and he's running at me. Right. Like that's a problem. Um, and so people, so like I had to learn how to like, you know, be more open, sure. make myself like, make myself a little smaller. And it's not because like, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm fat dude. And I'm, I don't, I, I just own it. Cause I love it. I love who I am. Um, and so you got to like find ways to make yourself smaller. You got to find like, but so I had to learn that because people didn't know the difference between me being like running up like that. Sure. And being happy and then being like, there's a problem. Like you're like yeah. all your neurons start firing and they're like, this Instant is something's wrong. Yeah. yeah. And so like when you're selling desperate, like I call it commission breath, yeah. people can smell it nice. and they might not know it's like, you just are having a bad streak sure. and you're having a bad day. Like all they think is like, this guy's hiding something from me. Right. Cause that's what they feel yeah. like. That's the, that's the neurons oh. firing. That's their, that's our Neanderthal brain going like, right. Oh dude, what's going on? Right. Right. So I'm interested in in hearing more about your kids. How sure. many kids do you have? Two. Okay. Yep. Boy, girl. I have a daughter who's five and I have a son who's three. All right. So we're expecting our first kid in March. <laughs> right on. So what uh what tips do you have for me? Um, it's the coolest thing in the world, man. I don't think anything really prepares you. Oh, I'm no. LD, I'm LDS no, too. Sure. Okay. Um, and uh inactive. Um and you know, you do everything right and and things things just go crazy. I think um, and like, I'm not even a perfect parent. Cause I also, cause I grew up like not, 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 a perfect right? parent? not an ideal household. So sure. I had to learn, I had to unlearn a lot of, like I'm Polynesian. Right. So like, if you talk back to your mom, like if you ever oh, have man. a Polynesian kid, just tell them to go get, you're going to go tell their mom and they will straighten oh. right up because like, that's just what, that's just what you did. And I don't know. Is it wrong? Is it right? I don't really, as I'm not well, going to talk I, about I it, but that, like some of the gangs up here, like the only way out of the gangs are if your mom like <laughs> says mean, no, like, like a, a parental. Slip yeah. Like, yeah. No, yeah. Like, yeah. They're like, well, they respect. Game. Well, it's, you know, it's funny is like a lot of these like Polynesian or like, um, you know, a lot of like the Eastern and, and Polynesia and, and these kind of cultures sure. are very maternal. Mm. So the Western, like this European culture is o- one of the only ones that's like paternal. Really? Everything. Most, most cultures are like very maternal, okay. very, very matriarchal and, and not patriarchal. So like, yeah. So yes, like women totally. like run that. So like I've, I've, I have Hispanic friends, you know, Latino friends who, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very right. matriarchy though. It's right. it's like the mom, 100%. right? I mean, I'm not saying the dads don't do anything. Like I don't, right, but I'm not going to bring on a sitcom of like <laughs> the, the dumb dad. Right. But, sure. but it's very matriarchal. Like right. most of those like European is probably the only one, only culture that's Crazy. patriarchal where we're like, you know, the dad or whatever. And I don't, is it right or wrong? I don't know. All I know is like, I grew up in a female matriarchal sure. kind of house, right? I'm a mama's boy. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm completely. Yeah. And so you day. just go, yeah, you, you know, you learn it. And so, right. 
I mean, I think that's why I, I am also like, so I, I'm a sales guy, but I, I take these trips into, cause I love to read. Sure. And so I take these trips into like, like I love native American culture. Nice. Um, I love, so when you read about like native American culture, you inevitably learn about some of the things that they believe. And I mean, that's why they call mother earth, mother earth. Right. right. Like there. And that's why it, it, Anyway, I could go like I could go on days for that, about bet. that, right? Because Mother Earth is a creator. Like it would it would be very easy to assume like we are all creators, and so there is like this maternal like feminine side that we that as entrepreneurs and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but like there is the, like this maternal feminine side that you need to like embrace to be able to create because sure. that's just what that's 100%. the creative side of people. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I love, I love, I love all the philosophy. Like I almost, I was like, I was like maybe 12 credits away from getting a bachelor's degree in theology and Dang. philosophy. Cause that's what my uncle, my uncle had that. Sure. And he would, that he was my, uh, like religious the- theology cool. mentor growing up. And it was really cool to, you know, he made me question everything, everything. And that's, everything. that's how you build the best. I mean, yeah, yeah. but the best testimony is like, Sure. You got to question things in order to, sure. to really know. You never take that. Yeah. Yeah. You never take things at face value, but that's also why, like, so we also, so we grew up, Ben, Ben was there. Um, we grew up by Nauvoo. Oh, nice. So we grew up right in that kind of sure. belt. If we're going to go there, cause I don't care about that. My podcast, bro. Turn it off. Do you want. Listen. Um, but we grew up there. So like, dude, every church doctrine thing, like every anti thing, sure. everybody, I heard it all, bro. Heard Absolutely. every bit of it. And there was a lot. And there was a lot, right? And here's the crazy part, though. A lot of it is true it, because in sales, all right, so let's tie this in. in sales. I teach people it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Sure. You can pretty much get away with anything if you yeah. know how to say it. And uh, so it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So they would, they would take these crazy turns and we'd be like, what? And I'd go to my uncle and I'd be like, dude, what? And he would be like, yeah, that happened. What'd you think? And, and, he, and he was like, okay, so now that I've rocked you a little bit and you're questioning everything, you know, now that I've broken this all down, now I can kind of build it back up correctly. Sure. And so he would, then he would run us through it, but yeah, we heard it all. And I'm like, (laughs) and so, so I I served, so I grew up in the Midwest. I served my mission in St. George. No way. And so I would run into people who hated the church. Oh man. I say that St. George, so I'm in Cedar city. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I served in Cedar city. Yeah. So I served right on SU. I I say that St. George is where uh, members go to to disappear from the church. Like yeah. To, and then we get say, away from it. Yeah, Sugar house is, is Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> South, sure. South Salt Lake Sugar house is where members go to retire. It's kind of funny. And, uh, but yeah, I, so I don't know. I don't, people come up to me. Like I have friends who come up to me and say all, all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, so I, this is how I start conversations about the church. I go, are you trying to convince or like, are, are we going to talk about it? Cause I'll talk to you about it sure. and, and we'll leave like friends. But like, if you think that with this, we're going to end, both of us are going to enter this conversation. And if either one of us has like an ulterior motive to like convince the other, like, I'm not interested. Cause I don't care. Absolutely. Like, cause I've I just, don't, well, and I just, and I'm like, I'm one of, I grew up in the Midwest where like you just, and I'm not saying this isn't everywhere else, but I just grew up in the Midwest where like, dude, like we had, you know, one of my freaking young men's presidents went out 
you know, in between when we had three hour church, when I take a smoke break and then he would come back in and teach us, man. I don't know what to tell you, dude. Cause we only had one. Well, and that's, that's (laughs) really like, we only had one. Well, that's the great thing of of the church outside of Utah, right? Utah, there's, there's a culture. Sure. is. Are you Latter-day Saint enough? Yeah. 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 Sure. Sure. Um, and I mean, honestly, like Christ was the best salesperson. I I love that analogy, right? Christ sold himself to us. Um, yeah. For our salvation well, in so many ways. And he really lays out a really good sales process. Hey, sure. well, I'll tell you, you want to hear something crazy? Um, so I go on my mission, they do the MTC thing, and we go through preach my gospel. That's sure. when that's when I came out, right? Nice. Yep. And uh I we go through the whole two years and I go sit in my first like legit sales training, like we were training. <laughs> And we'd spent a lot of money to be there and we were, uh, we were expected to be there and we sit down and we get through the first day and I'm like, bro, this is, this is the manual. This is preach my gospel. Like literally it's, it's like, all right, so what is your purpose as a salesperson? Right? Like how do salespeople (laughs) act? Like what are attributes of salespeople? You know what I mean? What do we sell? (laughs) How how do you like, so chapter 10, how do I, like, how do I improve my teaching skills? Is that, that's your demo chapter. Sure. <laughs> how do you run a successful demo? Uh, go right there, bro. That's awesome. <laughs> so let's, let's transition back into, I need advice. Sure. Uh, go as ahead. A first oh parent. yeah, yeah, yeah. Parent. Right. That's what we did. That's why I know. <laughs> oh yeah. Dude, what do you do as a parent? That's a great question, man. I think everything starts with, um, I think everything starts with me and my wife. Uh, once kid, cause kids, so the psychology of a kid is first, they, first they seek approval from their parents and then they seek approval from their peers sure. and they'll seek approval from their peers. Uh, if they found, you know, a, a, and as they start to seek approval from their peers, that will model how they, how, how the parents, you know what I mean? How, how the parents acted and stuff like that. So I really think because I'm, I'm very stoic sure. in my, in my philosophy of life. So like, first of all, I don't believe in raising kids because I'm from Iowa. You raise cattle. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm big on that. Like you, you train a dog, you yeah. don't train a salesperson, yeah. you educate. Humans. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, so I, you I grow them and, are, yeah. and, you, and you build them up. Right. So I talked to one of my friends about that though. And he was like, what? Yeah, he's from Texas though. <laughs> That's where I served my mission with Texas. So <laughs> Texas, I, yeah. Tejas. Tejas. So anyway, um, I think it starts there. Right. So, because like you can't control your kids, they're going to do dumb shit. Like I, but I love my boy though. Cause I'm like, how did you think of that dude? Sure. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I just think you just enjoy it, dude. Like there's going to be so many parenting things and, oh. and I've got, you know, I, I don't know, dude, I've, I've gotten in fights with my wife's friends over like, how do you parent people? And I'm like, right. I'm like, I don't know. Is there one right way to do there's it? Not. I don't know because I turned out okay. You know, and I had, sure. and I had a, you know, whatever. Um, I just think it's more about principles, but I, th- I think it just starts with like me like and my that. wife. Good. Like, how do you treat each other? How do you treat how, like, cause your kids will see disagreements sure. and like everything's spongy. I think uh, kids also start with empathy. Like, do they, I used to like, I used to believe that like my little girl was like manipulating me. <laughs> and then it was like, she's not manipulating you, dude. Like we're survival. Like humans think about this. This is trippy. Humans are mammal, like we're mammals. Right. We're also one of the only, we're the only mammal where the, where the baby is born too early. So like, think about a horse. Yeah. They're born, they're up on their feet. Oh man. They're eating, 
They know where right. to eat. They know where to go. Yeah. Like, obviously there's some protection there. Like sure. bear, think about bears. Like they know, right. They know where to go. Um, we're not like that. No. We're not built like that. Right. We are very much built on this, like need to survive kind of like thing. Right. And I think it's by design because, Absolutely. because like, you know, bears aren't selfish. Like they eat, <laughs> they protect each other. And then they, you know what I mean? They sure. do things, you know? Um, so I think that we have to do that, but, but it's just funny. Like we're, we're, we're born too early in the yeah, process. I, I completely, I think I had that thought in the shower <laughs> once and then I got too cold and I got out. But, yeah. 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 So but I, you're I like, mean, yeah, but you're trippy. like, yeah. So, so what do you do? So you just like, uh, patience, I don't know, patience, like how, you know, they're spongy. So empathy, you know, they're going to, the, all of that stuff is going to click real quick. I mean, I didn't believe how quickly kids learn, but it is like astronomically fast. So, you know, but, and, and then, and then the other thing I would say to like new parents, not that I should be talking about new parents, <laughs> but like, just like, forgive yourself. Like you're going to, to dude, you, I don't know. I don't know how many times I learned a new thing and I'm like, dude, I've been doing this wrong for so long. My daughter's going to hate me. They're going to grow up and they're going to need therapy, <laughs> you know, whatever, all this stuff. And, um, yeah, so I, they bounce I, back pretty quick. Yeah, they do, dude. I, it's, it's amazing how much they learn and then how much they forget. Like, sure. dude, I told you that like five times, nice. but the same things that I do for sales. Yeah. Like, so I asked my daughter, same, similar questions that I'd ask a customer. Good. I'd be like, Hey, so, you know, her name's Lily. I'd be like, Lilia. So we've gone over this a couple of times and it just doesn't seem to be clicking. Like what's wrong. Yeah. That's so <laughs> you know good. what I'm saying? So like a customer, like if they're not buying sure. it, I'd be like, Hey, so I've ran through this a couple of times. I'm just curious, like what's, what, what's, what's not, what's yeah. not right. Tell me, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> what's going on. And, and you know, it's, uh, I'll do those same things. Like, you know, and when my, when my daughter asks a lot of questions, I'll mirror. They'll be like, can I have some soup? I'm like, soup? They're like, well, yeah, I'm hungry. Hungry. Ah, oh, well, maybe not. We just ate. Ah, uh, you know what? I'll just go finish my plate on the nice. table. <laughs> okay. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. I do. I do all the Taking same. Notes? Okay. <laughs> oh, don't take notes from me. <laughs> don't take notes from me. Um, but yeah, I mean, but I, that's the other big thing. I think, you know, you just like, um, but it's cool, man. It's like having a baby's, uh, was like one of the coolest experiences of my life. And, uh, and yeah, but, but I, I don't know. We also had a very different one. Cause like my wife was induced, like, cause she had some, some, uh, sure. health, health stuff running up to the baby. So we were induced for, she, excuse me, she was induced for both of the pregnancies. Um, and then, but yeah, it was cool, man. Like watching all these little guys run around and so I have a question with that. Um, well, not with the inducing. Sure, part, sure, sure. But, <laughs> right, but, right. So my nephew, this past Christmas, and this was something that was kind of eye-opening for me. Um, he got it was like Super Mario Party Land or some <laughs> some game, right? <laughs> yeah. And it was actually Monkey Ball, is what it is. I don't know if you ever played uh, no, dude, I don't the know. Ten, I never Nintendo played. Game. Do you it know was, do you know this game? Yeah, Monkey okay. Ball, right? And so so he'd pass the most basic courses and go, Man, that was hard. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, like you passed it the first time. Like that yeah. doesn't seem very hard. How do you adjust the mindset? And, and I don't want to say like adjust, like they're, they're their own person and they sure. need to be validated in their feelings. But the mindset of that was hard. Cause I feel yeah, like growing, yeah. that, that's the mindset you put I them grew in, up with. You put right? them in, you yeah, put them in so, hard situations. So how you just continue I to just put, put them in. in. Like my daughter is in jujitsu. Nice. And my we son were talking about in, that. I would love my, for son, my daughter to be a boxer. Yeah. My son will be in jujitsu. That's awesome. And my daughter, my daughter is, I don't do it with her enough, but we're going to pick that up again. But she was, but she knows. And, and you just do hard stuff. Sure. Like, and you let them fail. And that, I'll tell really you, hard. I'll <laughs> tell you what, bro. I didn't know, 
like I did not understand what it was like for God, whatever you want to call it, you know what I yeah. mean? Because I'm open sure. to everything, but Absolutely. I believe in God. But I didn't understand how difficult it was. It must be for God to like let people go through hard things. Man. I have been like in tears yeah. because you, ca- I cannot let you do that, right? Like my son will just beg and he'll cry and he'll, he's got those puppy dogs, those big outcome. brown eyes and that big lip, you know, right? Um, and you got to be like, I can't because the lesson is more important than this moment, right? And it's been like, that is that was unexpected. I did not realize how hard that was going to be. Yeah. To be able to, to like say no, hold the line and be like, no, dude. And my, and I still give in like my wife, I'm like the, I, I am not anything special, but I'll reflect at like night when, when it's just me and my wife and we're on the couch or something like that. And I'll be like, dude, I can't believe how hard that is. And then to see like, then to see it from like a creator perspective where like you want your business to work, you want the sale to work, but like, there's some things that you can't do, right? Like everybody's like, everybody's like. So before you have a kid and before you run through this, or like before you go through something like this, you're like, well, it's like a football. Like the coach can't play the game, right? He could if he wanted to, but he can't because he's got, sure. no, 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 no. Like, it's not like that. Right. You Like physically and emotionally and mentally, like there is a weird line. Like, because we, we'll say that, right? Like a coach sure. could, if he wanted, he could put pads on and go out there, but he has to teach you. No, like that he can't. There's yeah. a line that he can't right. cross. Like. And as much as you try and you want to, it's not ever going to happen. And uh, so as like a coach, like, you know, so if you're in coaching, you're like, I want this sales guy to do good. Right. I'll just go sell for him. You, you can't, can't do that. Do that. No. And, and even if I could, like, it's, it's not that not. I can't, or, or excuse me, it's not that I won't. It's that I literally, I can't. Like the word cannot means no more. Right. Yeah. Um, that was one of the trippiest that was probably one of the most profound lessons that I had to learn was like seeing, like, I could do that for you, dude. I could pick that ball up for you. Sure. I could, you know, I could throw the ball at you a different way so that you don't catch it, but I can't. I could you go gotta... to your school and beat up that bully. <laughs> right. Oh, exactly. Oh. Yeah. But that's, also why I put, that's, why, that's why I put my daughter in jujitsu. Cause sure. If you, cause if the school doesn't take that. care of it, she will. I love and that. And she has before, by the that's way. That's so, and, and that's <laughs> so. <laughs> So powerful. And, and I mean, yeah. there's the whole construct of, of women are picked on in our society. Sure. Your daughter's never going to be picked on. Well, yeah, it was awesome. Right. Dude. I got a call one day. Your daughter headlocked somebody and threw them on the ground. Yeah. I was like, I was like, well, I was like, first, well, I was like, her. well, I go, first of all, my daughter wouldn't just do that because I don't let her do that. Like I tell her like our bodies are sacred, like no one Absolutely. touches you. And if they do, this is what you do. Sure. So I go, so I, tell, I was just asking her, I was like, what, so what, what happened? Well, the boy, and it was a boy, the boy came up behind her and, and I was like, her I was like, right I was like, don't call me with this shit ever again. Yeah. I was like, 100%. if, if, if this situation happens again, plan on me not answering the phone. <laughs> like, unless my daughter like went out, out of her way and attacked somebody, sure. then you can call me. I was like, but it, my daughter's five. She weighs 40 pounds. She's less than four feet tall. Man. Don't. Don't call me right. and tell me that she beat somebody up. Right. A boy Seriously. who's older than her and bigger than her on the playground. I, I'll, ta- I'll take her out for ice cream and I'll bring her back with a balloon and for I will sure. embarrass you in front of the whole school. Good. <laughs> no, because Praise it is. That. Yeah. Because I am also like a feminist. Yeah. When I had sure. my first daughter, you know, a lot of things changed. I don't know. A lot of things changed. 
I don't so know excited. if you know what you're having. We're having a girl. A girl? Yeah. Yeah. It's a wild. So excited. Ride. And uh, then we, and then I have my son and they're so different. I don't know all the cliche stuff as a parent, but you know, what's funny is like they're cliche because they're like true. Like, I sure. don't know. I was like, my daughter is nothing like my son. I have to parent them totally oh, different. I bet. Totally different. Not even kind of the same. I'm like, oh shoot, I'm treat I'm treating Travis like <laughs> Travis is my son. Like I'm treating Travis like Lily. I can't do that because he doesn't respond the same way. So I don't know. I think there's just a lot of patience, a lot of learning. You just have to learn each other. You know, you got to learn your baby. Like because this is, you know, this is a baby. But you know, like they're gonna learn, they're gonna adapt and things like that. But a lot of it, like I go, Lilia, where the freak did you learn that? Right? Because I didn't teach you that. Right. right? It's amazing the personality that they bring uh, yeah. with themselves too. I don't know. So I don't know. I well, right now, so so wife is pregnant, right? We're, yeah. We're kind, of, kind of established that. Mm-hmm. Um, the baby is, whenever she wears pants, has a waistband, the baby will attack the waistband. Dude, it's true. Like, like so, 100%. And then she'll move the waistband away and yeah. you can feel like filling for the waistband. Like, where did it go? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then put it back and the baby will attack the waistband. Like, yeah. They are 100% coherent in there. Like, sure. There's no doubt about sure. it. Sure. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so there's only a few things and I know oh, we'll wrap up here in a minute, but there's only a few experiences that I, that I openly talk about. And one of them was, you know, like the feeling that you get when your daughter's born. So I, for me, I, I knew, like I saw my kids before sure. they were born. Like I, I knew exactly who they were. I knew what they were going to look like. That's amazing. Like, uh, there was no surprise, but when they got here, I was like, it was a weird, it's, that's probably another trippy sensation is like, it wasn't a new person. Like yeah. this baby wasn't a new person. Right. Like, even like, we oh, yeah, had nine months in the stuff. Not like it's different. Yeah. Like I knew I, a spiritual connection. Yeah, there. there was a, there was a deep, deep, like, yep, this is exactly where you're supposed to be. And so I thought that was cool. There's just a lot of really cool experiences that if you just breathe through it and take it all in is really cool. Um, because babies are just, they're just cool, man. And I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think there's one parenting advice like, but, but yeah, you'll know how to, I mean, and you'll know, you'll be like, Oh shoot, I shouldn't have done that. Right. (laughs) Just go back to the drawing board. That's why journaling is so important there too. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's so many things that, that that is a good point. We learn through our, learn through our, our life, especially as a member of the church Mm -hmm. that we don't understand the why. Yeah. Right. And, and then we're able to piece those together and be like, man, that that's why I need to be doing that. That's why. Sure. Right. And, and the why is so important in so many different aspects. Yeah. So, I mean, that just, I think that connection just made right there. Yeah, no, it's cool because I do. And, and by the way, like I, I learned really quick that like, I would see a lot of things with my daughter that I'm like, oh, that's exactly like me. And right. so I can give her some shortcuts and be like, I know where this is heading, dude. Like, so like, cause I have ADHD and, oh, and she hasn't been diagnosed with ADHD, but I was like diagnosed with ADHD. And so I see it. I'm like, all right, that's it. Yeah. So I like do things with her that I learned way too late in life. And I do it with her now. Um, and my son's the same way. And, but it's just cool, man. I don't know. Awesome. I, I, what, I tell, what, what would I tell you finally? I just be like, dude, just have a baby and have fun. Yeah. And that's screwed. No one's ready. <laughs> no one's ready to have a baby, yeah, but you have yeah. a baby. And then or like, like, or like, what do you do? What do you tell? But you know, it's like, that's my advice for everything though. Like what advice do you have for a new podcaster? Have fun, dude. I don't know. Do it. Like, just well, do it. That's have what we fun. talked about yeah. before the podcast is there's yeah. a difference between people that say they're going to do stuff and people that just do it. Yeah. Right. You started in your kitchen. Yeah. Like in, in, in your dining room. Dining that, room. There's power behind that because yeah, you man. just did it. You weren't yeah. perfect. And I had some big people come into my kitchen too. Sure. I, that's you, awesome. you guys that know Mo Betta's? Yeah. 
So yeah. Chemo Mac, sure. Chemo Mac and Kalani Mac are the owners. Chemo Mac came on my right podcast. Nice. It was crazy, bro. He and I was like, all right, Chemo, I know you're so. I was so nervous, bro. I was like, you know, I know you're so busy. I know you're, you're apologizing. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, we're gonna keep this to, Yeah, we're like, oh, I'm gonna keep this to an hour. I promise. Like, I'm gonna respect your time. Right? He talked for like two hours, bro. Sure. I couldn't get that guy to stop, and it yeah. was amazing. By the way, listen. Oh, and what I liked about your comment earlier was like you took Michael out to dinner. Sure. That's what a lot of people like. I, I, I pay for a coach. I'm not saying coaching's bad, but I'm saying like, what was cool about your, your situation? Like, just, can I take you out to lunch? Can I take you on a date? Right. That's what I call it. Right. But I, and, and we, you know, I, you know, chemo, I was like, Hey, want to come on a podcast, bro? I learned more in that two hour free podcast that, and at the time he came on, we didn't have tons of listeners. Sure. Um, I thought that was going to be my big break because he's going to share it with everybody. And, and he shared it on his own stuff, but he didn't have a big yeah. social media following. Um, probably one of like my lower episodes right. actually. But really? if you go back and listen to chemo Mac, he will tell you how to start a business and how to be successful. As sure. a business. I mean, dude, chemo Mac. I mean, he started Mobetta and then he, and then he sold it. And now do you know what he does? He goes to open houses, takes pictures, kisses babies, collects a check and goes home. Nice. And then goes <laughs> home on his Harley motorcycle. Sure. I mean, he does more than that. Don't get me but. wrong. But, but, but he doesn't do as much it's as like, best life yeah, right he, he was telling me when he started in Bountiful, they were sleeping in that Bountiful Mobettas. They were like sleeping on the floor, like had to get it right. Had to get it so, right. So powerful. You know what I mean? He, he sold his house in Hawaii, moved to Bountiful. All the equity in his house in Hawaii went right into Mobettas. Heck he yeah. was saying like a hundred grand or something like that. Well, I mean, he's got I a mean, building. And his wife was like, you know, his wife was obviously very, sp- I mean, there's a lot of good things that happened in that. But when you look at the story from a 30,000 foot view. He, he took every penny, extra penny that he had. And he was, by the way, Chemo Mac started, and you can listen to this on the podcast. He, st- he was a bus driver in Hawaii. Oh, wow. He was a bus driver in Hawaii. He was a full-time and not making any money listening to a podcast on entrepreneurship. Right. Looks, and this is his words. He's like, we flew to, he's like, I flew to Utah, saw mothers outside playing with their children at the park, went back to Hawaii nobody was playing at the park. He's like, I want my wife to be able to go to the park and play with my kids. He's like, I can't, I can't be a bus driver. Flew out here, started Mobetas, and now it's one of the most successful franchises awesome. on the West Coast. Cedar's getting one now. Yeah. Little, little, little and old Kim- Cedar. And Chemo I mean, will dr- drive down there on his Harley yeah. with all of his kids. And uh, no, I think his son just got back home from a mission. Cool. His daughter is the GM at the Bountiful store, I think. Um, anyway, yeah, like Chemo's, I don't know if I call him a friend, but I like, I know chemo right? and uh, he's cool. But anyway, it was, dude, it's just crazy. Like it's just, yeah, just do it and have fun. And like, he, they were just having fun. Like what the coolest part about chemo Max story, he did not make up any recipes. All of the things that you eat at, at Mobetta's are things that he cooks for his family in his house. For like sure. they all cook that, like that stuff. And that's, that's I'm, a- like, I'm also Hawaiian. Um, and that's just what I like. Mac salad, pulled pork. Oh, like that's just what Love we ate. It. That's just what we ate. Like, that's just growing up. And he's like, don't reinvent the wheel. Like we just cooked what we cooked at home and we started selling it to people. And actually it was called Mobetta steaks at first Mm. and they sold ice cream. And then they changed it to drop the steaks, stop selling ice cream. And then just sold that. And, and, uh, dude, wild story though. That's That's a two hour podcast that I think everybody should listen to, but it's like all the way back dude. number 12. So anyway, but, uh, anyway, we, I appreciate your time, dude. Yeah, I, I want to get you guys home. This I love cra- it. Crazy weather, but um, oh, yeah, we'll sorry. Did you drive up here from Cedar? Are you staying here for yeah, so Christmas I, or what? I we drove up here for Cedar. It gives me an excuse to come up here. I like coming up here about sure. 
once a month. Um, sure. So going to dinner with Michael right after this. Oh, cool. Um, and staying with one of my mission companions who I've run businesses with. So it's just a good <laughs> time to yeah. catch up with him. And um, yeah, so that's cool. I mean, what part of Cedar? Because I served in SCU. Right. We served on the campus. There. Yeah. So, I mean, I have, I have family that lives on like oh, Dewey Avenue. Yeah. Um, so that's okay. right there by. One of my, one of my buddies that I just went to work with, he's from Cedar. I think his wife's from Cedar too. Do you know any Giles? Yeah, I know. Dallin Giles. Yeah, I know some Giles. I worked with him. He's crazy, bro. Dallin Giles. I'll text that guy after we're done here. He's a wild man. For sure. All right, cool. So tell us where everybody can find, if they want to get a hold of Super Closer, if they want to do any of that and and anything else you want to plug in. Sure. Yeah. I'm kind of the gatekeeper. So uh, shoot me a a DM on probably Instagram. Cool. Um, Just J Strand. Okay. No no spaces, just J-A-Y-S-T-R-A-N-D. I'm... I've been putting out a lot more content. My my goal for 2022 is put out more content and and be on podcast, right? And sure. so I had the opportunity to do it before 2022. Yeah. So just freaking do it. Like literally, like, that's what it's it comes down to. Podcast, is just do dude. it. Yeah. Um. And so personal branding is massive in yeah. today's economy, right? I've started so many different businesses, and there's so much different startup costs into it. You have a personal brand. Mm-hmm. I mean that that wipes off half of the startup costs because people are following you as an individual mm-hmm. and they'll follow your brands. So that's one thing that I would suggest to anyone is start a personal brand yeah. because I don't know anyone that that's anyone that doesn't have <laughs> right. a personal brand or isn't polarizing in any yeah. way, shape or form. They share their opinions. If you have an opinion, speak it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> don't give a crap you if gotta, you don't say anything. So. Do what you gotta do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So All right, well. Jay Strand uh, on Instagram, reach out there and yeah. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate it. That's it, man. Thank you.